Autobots transform. Well, hey, and welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode four of season one of Transformers Prime. It is Darkness Rising, part four. This episode was written by Steve Melching. It was directed by, I am sorry for how bad I'm going to butcher your name, Shant Nigogosian. I'm. You know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> The last time on Transformers Prime, Optimus and Ratchet left the Autobots alone for a couple of minutes, and suddenly, Fowler was captured, Bulkhead and Miko were stranded, Jack and Raph were captured, and the Bumblebee and RC were who knows where. Uh, in this episode, the Terracons are rising from the ground where we left off in the last episode, and they move on Optimus and Ratchet. Mm-hmm. And uh, Megatron says like he can feel symbiosis with the undead Transformers, but uh, Megatron's symbiosis, that's like a two-way thing, like, you know, it's... This is this is control is what this is. This is not symbiosis. Otherwise, they could. They would, yeah. Um, he orders them to destroy Optimus and Ratchet, and we go to our first commercial break. And when we come back, Optimus orders Ratchet to retreat. But uh, Ratchet says, "No, uh, you might need to see the doctor when this is over." So he whips yeah. up the swords too, and they just start hacking these guys up. And Ratchet realizes, "Hey, wait a minute! If you like cut their limbs off." They die an awful lot quicker, so do that. <laughs> so Optimus does that. He, uh, like, transforms his gun into a blade, and they start hacking the shit out of mm-hmm. Terracons. And meanwhile, Megatron's just standing on the hill watching, and uh, he uh, tells Optimus, like, uh, once this is all over, I'll be drafting you into my army. <laughs> yeah, so. that was a pretty good. He, he's, he's, like I said earlier, he's a lot of Galvatron, but mm. he is still a good Megatron. And, uh, back in the Decepticon ship, though, the boys are taking heavy fire, but... Uh, Bulkhead gets to them in time, and he asks, like, what the hell are you guys doing here? And they, like, they were looking for Miko, and then Miko comes up from behind the passenger seat in Bulkhead, and she's like, what's she look like? <laughs> like oh my God. But, which means, though, that she was, like, she was hiding there waiting for them to say her name, just to, like, fuck with them. <laughs> so he drops them all off, like, behind a rock, and he's like, stay there, and he has... This is his breakout moment. This was mm. a fucking dope scene, dude. He drives at a cliff, transforms, climbs up it like King Kong going oh, up yeah. a fucking building, and ends up getting to the edge of the Decepticon ship when a drone walks out to check on him, grabs him by the leg, yanks him off. Yeah, he just starts taking these guys apart up here. Like, he uses one as a shield, and then he goes total Randy Savage flying elbow drop on one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then he just pulls out a Slim Jim that's comically too small in his hand. Yeah. Anyway, defeats them all, looks down at the kids, and only sees the boys, and he's like, where's Miko? And, and then his front compartment opens up, and she's like, oh, heaved on your seats. Yeah, Sorry. she was inside the whole time, and yeah, she's, she's really fucking... Every, like every so often now you just hear her say oh i'm gonna heave again <laughs> so i have to say something miko her not the character but her the reason for her existence may start it, it might be growing on me so he puts her down and then gets like body checked by decepticon yeah as soon as he sets her down this thing just comes flying like two seconds earlier it, or not even that it would have hit miko yeah they're like the t-rex from jurassic park they can just sneak up on you 
Uh, that, maybe that was the one in Jurassic Park 3. Whatever, they all blur together. But the point is that two more sneak up on Miko, and before she can do anything, uh, they come at her, and Bulkhead, like, rips a satellite dish off uh, the top yes. of the ship and fucking frisbees it at the De- Decepticons and takes them out. Sure smash. And uh, meanwhile, like, down with, with the boys, they hear all this fighting up on the ship, and they kind of wonder, like, did, did he forget about us? But anyway, Bulkhead, uh, they're up on top, and a bunch more um, Decepticons come at them. Bulkhead has to run, and the only place to get cover is to jump in a hatch and go in the Decepticon ship. Yeah, it's like the only way they could get away was to probably make their situation worse by going inside. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was, okay, this is where Miko's existence really starts. I like it. They're running down a hallway and two Decepticons are coming at them. Um, he throws Miko so she slides along the ground. That's a good thing that Decepticons wax the floor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She slides a long way. But we get this amazing shot from her POV as she slides between them looking up. And then Bulkhead comes from behind and just beats the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. And then... While they're still moving, he picks her up again and keeps running. It's like th- this mm-hmm. whole thing is just nonstop motion down this hallway. Yeah, really he awesome. is. Yeah, he is just a, a force. He's an unstoppable force. But if Miko's existence continues to give us these amazing POV shots, they had <laughs> one when she meets the Autobots. They have one here. There's going to be a fucking incredible one at the end of this episode. Then I'm for Miko. I can put up with her annoying attitude as long as she continuously gets thrown in harm's way. <laughs> as long as she gets thrown down hallways, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, she's going to survive, so it's not, I'm not worried for her. But yeah, then I, if, if that's the case, I'm all for her. While uh, that's happening, we go to uh, Jack and Raph, who are being carried along by a couple Decepticons. Yeah, they're going to the brig, and that's where Agent Fowler is. But then Bumblebee and RC show up. <laughs> and, uh... And they run into Bulkhead, and this is kind of funny. This was great. Cersei puts, like, they both come around the corner at the same time, and they, like, pull their guns, and Cersei's like, friendly! Bulkhead goes, hello! Yes! It's like he couldn't think anything else to say. (laughs) Um, So everybody's back together, like, the gang's all back together, and uh, Cersei says, we have to find Fowler. And uh, we don't know where he is. And the boy says he's in the brig. Yep. So, which doesn't really help. Now you know what room he's in, but where's that room? Okay. Anyway. Yeah. And back with Fowler in the brig, uh, Starscream is still kind of giving him the business here and uh, threatening him. So with he's the like, starts telling uh, Starscream about this secret government base. And Starscream's like, I'm listening. And then. Yeah, Fowler's obviously just fucking with him. He just starts making shit up. <laughs> I don't think he was because he, he starts talking in the weak voice and then he hears the laser fire outside because Starscream had been saying, your friends aren't coming for you. I'm the only thing you've got now. Yeah. And he hears laser fire outside and that's when he goes, maybe it was an old abandoned missile silo or a rocket base or, a da- da- or he starts giving bullshit answers. I, I think he was about to crack. Oh, maybe, yeah. Cause, well, yeah, because when we do see him later, he's, He's not at all well. So, yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, who would be? (laughs) But uh, anyway, Starscream gives him the prod. Yeah. And uh, out in the hallway, the Transformers are still fighting. And it's it's shot from the kid's height. Holy shit, this scene. Yeah. And Jack is constantly trying to pull the other two to safety. But, like, every time they turn around, 
something lands in front of them. Like, it's, but the sound production is yes. fucking incredible. They all the volume gets dropped as if the kids were like, you know, their hearing was getting, you know, they heard a loud noise and their uh, eardrums blew or whatever. But yeah, like their ears are ringing because there's all these gigantic robots just beating the shit out of each other right beside them. And there's a clear like horror tone that tone that droning tone they use in horror movies that just builds up the whole way through. And they're, yeah, they they run from one spot and no sooner they run away from that spot than like a decapitated Decepticon head hits the ground. Hmm. They almost die four or five times in this scene. <laughs> yes. And it really nails home how fucking scary this would be. Yeah. And well, and back with Optimus and Ratchet, like they're still slicing and dicing and Ratchet, it points out, look, the prolonged exposure to all this dark energon is sapping our strength, and they keep fighting, but there's just too many zombies. They get overwhelmed. And when we come back, Optimus just punches and blasts his way through a pile of Terracons. <laughs> yes, and then he just helps Ratchet, and then Megatron is he's like, you know what, Optimus, you're still at the top of your game, even after all this time. All right, <laughs> uh, zombies, uh, finish him off. <laughs> And then we go back to the Autobots. They enter, like, I guess it's the bridge of the Decepticon ship. And uh, RC's like, all right, stay here. <laughs> like, tells the kids, you stay the fuck here. Uh, they head off, and Miko and Jack start fighting right away. As soon as they leave, Miko's like, wow, that was intense. And Rap just looks at her and just like, was? <laughs> we're still in this, we're locked on the bridge of a hostile alien robot battle cruiser. Nah, it's fine, right? Uh. Which becomes their arc for this episode, definitely, in that Jack has had enough of this crazy shit, mm. and Mika wants more, and he is really pissed off with how reckless she's been, and as they fight and as they argue, Raph is just like, shut the fuck up, and he runs away and just kind of, he, he has to zone out. Yeah, he sits at the edge of these, like, Decepticon-sized stairs, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to find out, like, it, he can't stand people arguing because his parents argue or something all the time. I but thought that was what we were going to get. That's not the way we go, though. He just uh, just doesn't want to hear it. And he's kind of just lost hope. Like, Miko says, hey, don't worry. The Autobots will save us, and they'll get us home, and everything will be fine. And he's like, will it? With this five-episode uh, opener... We have really great long developing story arcs. It's amazing to see it. I'm mean, like, mm. maybe it's just because we're coming off Beast Machines and Beast Wars and we're like starving for good Transformers. But them having the ability to do the, to in the fourth episode hit an always lost moment where Raph has finally hit the point that he he's lost faith in the Transformers. Yeah, he's going to pick it up, up soon. But up to this point, he's always been kind of the cheery one. Say, like, hey, don't worry, kind yeah. of things. Yeah. But uh, they notice a computer screen in this room and Raph looks at it for a few seconds before. And then he's like, this is important, like really important. And it'd be funny if they asked him, like, OK, well, what does it say? He's like, it's the check engine light. These guys haven't changed the oil in 6000 years. <laughs> <laughs> it does turn out to be important. But back with Starscream, uh, he, he's Agent Fowler has passed out from the torture, I guess. He's like, wake up. Or whatever and there's says. a boom, boom, knock at the door and hit. The other Decepticon in the room with him opens the door up, and it's a Decepticon. Yeah, he's just standing there, and I, I kind of saw this coming. It just falls flat down on its face, and Bulkhead is behind it. And Bulkhead blasts away the, the other Decepticon in the room, leaving Starscream alone. Bulkhead and Bumblebee jump in, aim their weapons, and Starscream puts his gun to Fowler's head. And that's when I... A, a gun comes down from the ceiling yes. and clunk ding, against ding, his ding. head. I'm sad. <laughs> you look up in RC, she's just like, I wouldn't. And, but then Starscream's like, 
doesn't move his gun. He's like, but I just might. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, were, we went into a big conversation about this before we started recording, but I, it, I think it's fairly clear that uh, Megatron is a megalomaniac. Starscream is legitimately a psychopath. Yeah, he's just fucking evil, man. He's, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and just completely... He's just fucking crazy. He's unpredictable. Anyway, we go back to the kids and Raph, he he says, look, I know that this is an equation. I get that it's math and I can see that it's incredibly complex and important. I just can't figure it out. Because Mika says, like, uh, how do you know it's not just a recipe for space nachos? And I thought it'd be funny if he's like, because that's over there. And he points and there's a cookbook called Best Space Appetizers or something. <laughs> it's got Grimlock on the cover with the fucking chef's hat on and the apron. We'll never play a nacho. Anyway, <laughs> so so um so Raph pulls out a USB and they're gonna try to download it, but a Decepticon a Decepticon marches by a drone and spots or they have to run before it mm. spots them. But uh Raph realizes that he left his backpack that he took the flash oh, drive out of Raph. in the middle of the room and he runs back for it and then the Decepticon sees him. And aims its weapon, and we go back to Starscream. And he's basically saying, Look, you back off or I kill Fowler, I'm gonna get out of here. And that's with Fowler starts, says one of the many amazing lines that Ernie Hudson, I bet he had fun just blurting these out in the recording studio, but he says, the emu says, yeah. (laughs) That distracts Starscream just long enough that uh, the Autobots just blast them all at the same time. But he's just too fast for them. Like he jumps up, transforms in front of RC, hits the afterburner. So it hits her with that. And then flies out into the hallway. Like, so back with the kids, wow. the Decepticon, it opens fire and Raph. Jack runs out and like tackles Raph into cover after Raph runs for a bit. And then he, Jack is like, Miko, take a picture. And, and she I'm runs like, out. Oh, are we really going to do this? He asked the Japanese girl to take a picture. Like, is that even still a stereotype, I wonder? Like, I don't know. That well, was, that was... but I think it's important to remember this is a 2010 show, so every kid having a smartphone wasn't a thing. I suppose. And I think one of her, I'm making quote signs here, powers or abilities is that she's the girl that can do recon because she's got the camera phone, which not all kids would have at the time. That's, that's me assuming a lot. Either way, she runs out and snaps a picture of the Decepticon, yes. and Jack's like, I meant the computer screen. Yes. No, no, not that thing, man. But she gets a picture, and they run for it. <laughs> but even her response is like, oh, that would make more sense. Yes. And uh, they run for it up into the hallway, and the Decepticon follows them out, and he's about to fire when Another Bulkhead just fire. comes barreling down the hallway, transforms over them, and just lays this thing out. Oh, yeah. He, like, grabs it by the cu- uh, scruff of the neck, uh, slams it in the ground, then rolls over it, then drags it, and just keep, like we were saying before, he is just a nonstop force. Yeah. Just... And he, he just keeps slamming it, ends up tossing it, transforms back into vehicle mode, and then wheels around and picks up the kid. Yeah, and Bumblebee and RC are right behind him, and Raph and Miko get inside, and Fowler's in the backseat, and he's like, can we stop for pie? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, the Autobots escape the ship, but, but uh, back with Ratchet and Prime, they're still clearing a field with these guys. Can I say one other thing, just about them, uh, about the writing, is this show is really good at knowing what to cut out. Um, earlier when uh, Bumblebee and, and RC show up, they just casually say to the kids, hey, thanks for clearing the way for us, which means they didn't have to deal with the bad guys and somehow they got in. When they all leave, they're just suddenly on the ground driving away. Yeah, it doesn't show them how they got down there. They're just And there. It, it kind of doesn't matter. We're shown the action and the good bits. This is really tight, concise writing. 
Jesus Christ, I got to get my tongue out of the asshole of this show. <laughs> but uh, back with Ratchet and Prime, they're they're still at it with these guys. And Megatron, uh, and they finally, that's all of them. They're down and Megatron congratulates them. But uh, you should save your strength for the main event, Optimus. And uh, Optimus puts the swords away and just starts climbing up the cliff to get up to Megatron. Which he does. And they kind of have a little, you know, close, the faces near each other uh, moment. And they, there's some words back and forth. But in the end, Megatron just basically says, yeah, next event and flies off. And Ratchet reaches Optimus and says, pointing at, you know, all the dead Terracons, like, hey, if that wasn't Megatron's endgame, what the fuck is? Yeah, what are we in for? Commercial break. When we come back, Fowler's got a hospital bed in Autobot HQ. Yeah, he's still got a suit on in the yeah. hospital bed. <laughs> oh, that suit never comes off. And yeah. then uh, the, it, Ratchet kind of tells the kids about the Terracons, what was going on. And Optimus scolds Bulkhead for putting the kids in danger. Yeah, and then Miko's like, look, it wasn't his fault. And oh, by the way, I got this picture. And Optimus looks at it and he says, Ratchet, you should look at this. Might be important. And uh, when Ratchet looks at it, she's... Whether she hit it accidentally or something, but now it's the picture of the Decepticon. He's like, I don't get it. How does this help? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that these this picture of Decepticon somehow comes back in like episode 17 and it makes total sense. It, like it helps him somehow. But Jack and Miko have another fight. And he at this point, he's like, you know what? If we're always going to be fighting the Decepticons, I don't want to be involved with this. This is if fucking this crazy. Is what these guys do every yeah. day, then the hell with this. Let's and he <laughs> ratchets like immediately opens the ground bridge. He's like, well, yes. you got to go. So sorry. See ya. Bye. No need for long goodbyes. Yeah. There's the door. Uh, Jack does leave. And there's kind of they have a couple goodbyes, but there's a, a really great bit with him and RC where he, he walks by her and he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Don't you don't exist. And she says, hey, don't make me hunt you down. And it, it was kind of a, a nice goodbye on where their relationship is now. But yeah, then we go up to Earth's orbit. Uh, yeah. And on the Decepticon ship, Megatron is just letting Starscream have it. Like his Starscream's like, oh, I was trying to help you uh, rid us of Optimus Prime. And he's, Megatron's like, nobody rids me of Optimus Prime except me. <laughs> and he gets Starscream under his foot and his foot is as big as Starscream's head and torso mm -hmm. and Starscream tells him look I know how to make things right so he lets him up and back on Earth Miko visits Jack in his garage and she kind of makes small talk about how she had this perfect life in Tokyo and it was boring and that's why she came <laughs> she to Jasper cats named Chi Chi and Ding Dong <laughs> <laughs> and okay. there was, there's a cute line where Jack was like adventure and Jasper and she's like yeah well the brochures lied yes. but she and, and she says look I saw what you did today you're not meant for a normal life you are a hero you, there's something more to you and he doesn't buy it no and then we go back to ratchet and megatron and they using the picture that miko took figured out that megatron has built a fucking space bridge and then paul kid's like uh, hey that's great guys because uh, the sooner he takes it and gets out of here the better right and optimus is like you're an idiot it goes <laughs> in both directionally it's gone <laughs> yeah, really uh bulkhead they work in both directions and maybe megatron's plan is not to use it to leave earth Da, da, da. So let's talk about Miko and Bulkhead for a minute. Now, Bulkhead transforms into a big armored vehicle, and he can take a hell of a beating. If you're driving around inside him, you're going to feel pretty damn safe. Certainly more safe than riding around on RC's back without a helmet. Now, it's probably not the same thing being inside him when he's in robot mode, when he's running, jumping, dodging, fire, punching, and ending fights with Macho Man flying elbow drops from the top rope. But Miko gives it a try anyway, and, well, all she did was throw up. No bruises, no concussion, even that little Pokemon thing on her belt stays on. If she had a hat, it'd still be on, too. Like, experiment time! First experiment of the season. Get yourself an empty paint can, doesn't matter what color. Fire a G.I. Joe inside and put the lid on. 
I bet old Snake Eyes or Flint or wherever you put in there feels pretty safe now, right? Yeah, Destro will never find him in there. Now, take the can down to the hardware store, tell the guy, back off, man, I'm a scientist, put it in the paint shaker at full blast for, say, 30 seconds. You know what? Fuck it. Five seconds would be enough to prove my point. Because your action figure is now a building set. Now, I hope you have some creepy glue at home to put whoever's in there back together, and good luck with that rubber band in the waist. Oh my god, that thing was the fucking devil. You just get the waist side of it hooked back in, then it would come off when you try to get the top half on. Like, we can all remember trying to put a GI Well, here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. The next episode we're going to be watching is the conclusion to this amazing five-part introduction to the series. Darkness Rising Part mm-hmm. 5. If you want to see something that's not so amazing, you can find Paul and I on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at John Soby. He is at pmcpherson1. Yep. Make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with. Tell all your friends, everybody you know. You can tell them that you can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you next time. Can we stop for pie?